The Athletic. It's straight out of Cobham, a show all about Chelsea FC from The Athletic. Coming up today, you've got a Freunded me? Uh, no, not if you're Chelsea. Uh, we look ahead to the big game in the WSL on Sunday, and there's a bumper edition of the quiz available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad free on The Athletic. This is Straight Out of Cobham. Here we are again then, international break, double dose of Cobham despite the international break. It's me, Matt Davis-Adams, joined today by the Athletics Chelsea expert, Simon Johnson. Morning, Simon. Good morning. I've forgotten what it's like to see Chelsea play a game of football for the rest of the year. <laughs> sort of nice to have a break, but I feel like we could have done without the one the other week. Anyway, no more of that. Sam Park is back with us too. How are you doing, Sam? Very good, Matt. Yeah, doing excellent. I can't believe that the West Ham game was the last league game. That feels like an eternity mm-hmm. ago, doesn't it? Sure does, yeah. It's like a manager ago, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Crystal Palace next up. Uh, the boys don't know this, but because it's international break and we don't have as much to talk about as usual, I have compiled what could accurately be referred to as a mega quiz uh, to finish the podcast. So do stay around for that. Ten questions <laughs> per contestant. Believe it or not, they are going to really, really enjoy this. And I think you will too, listener. Um, But we'll start with some news that's broken since last we spoke. So on Monday, we reported on reports that Christoph Freund was set to be named Chelsea's new sporting director. Those reports, listener, didn't originate from The Athletic. Uh, It looks like it's not going to happen now. Freund said, I've come to the conclusion that I'm in the best of hands with FC Red Bull Salzburg and that a change is out of the question for me. Uh, Simon, do we know why he had the change of heart or was it not his position to do so? Did Salzburg just say you're contracted to us and we'd like to keep you? Um, I think there's a there's a few few factors here. Yes, RB Salzburg wanted to keep him. Uh, maybe there are also, let's just say, not confirmed reports or you know not confirming anything, but maybe they're fishing for some compensation. Maybe. I'm just throwing it out there as a theory. But also, perhaps, Freund was sort of thinking, perhaps I'm not going to have as big a role or as key a role as he's got right now. Because, um, as I wrote my sporting director piece that came out a few days before, this is just one of quite a few hires that are both going to be senior and junior that the owners are planning to do. So, like, the, the sporting director, it sounds like a powerful role, but I don't think he's going to have... Um, quite as hands-on a role as, as as perhaps he was looking at. So the impression he got was that it was getting closer, and then he's just he's just had a change of change of heart, which is um, perfectly entitled to do. Is it a massive blow for Chelsea? Not massively, no. I mean, yes, they they liked the guy. They they clearly he had become the favourite. But again, as I wrote in the piece, and I, I sort of have to get my phone out to see if I can try and pronounce his name because not really not not the best with foreign pronouncing names not not the best with English ones to be honest <laughs> but Tim Steitum by Leverkusen's sporting director which we mentioned in the piece he was someone they were already looking at they've, they've been looking at quite a lot of names quite interestingly and this is what we haven't reported but it has been reported elsewhere Victor Alter of Leeds has come up now, early suggestions are sort of having having sort of chatted to 
to Phil Hay, the Leeds correspondent of The Athletic. He doesn't see much in it at the moment, but these guys are going to have a long list of names. So, yes, they want the, the plan is still to get someone in before the World Cup. Is it a setback? A little one, but I, I wouldn't sort of say it's uh, it's suddenly people tearing their hair out and crying and thinking, oh, this is a disaster. So you say that the incoming sporting director might not have as much of an influence as maybe they would at other clubs or maybe they would think. Does that mean that Todd Bowley's planning on continuing to have more of a hands-on role then or is it just that different tasks will be delegated to different people? I get the impression that it's still going to be very collaborative and and it, it is really going to be building a big team. Now, whether you sort of think too many chiefs, not enough Indians, kind of, for want of a better phrase. But I, I'm getting the impression it's more the more the merrier. So there may be sort of like a, a, a another general manager kind of role, um, also being um, or a director of football. Um, I, I always sort of think sporting directors right for, you know, um, and then you've got these other roles. But it does sound like if you're the owners and you've spent the summer building relationships with agents, are you going to all of a sudden just walk away? <laughs> I, I, I just can't see it happening. So I'm getting the impression it's very much the more the merrier, that the more people we've got working on things and, and putting things in place, the better. Now, whether that will work in, in practice, we'll, we'll see. But as I said, going back to my original answer about Freud, you can sort of imagine him sort of actually perhaps looking at it and going, Okay, I'm hearing noises about other people for other roles. Am I going to have to work with them as well, etc., etc.? It may have caused him to have a rethink. Uh, meanwhile, Chelsea have sacked commercial director Damien Willoughby just weeks after his appointment following the emergence of inappropriate messages he sent to a football agent before being hired. Uh, Simon, an embarrassing situation, at least it was swiftly handled. Are the owners concerned at all, do you think, about the negative publicity that's come out in the last couple of weeks? Because obviously we had all the all the fallout from Salt as well and, and Gary Neville's particular taking of umbrage against that is, is there any hint that they might be feeling a bit embarrassed that these stories have come together can you hear that plane it's coming it's, it's Todd <laughs> Todd have you got anything to say uh, <laughs> he wants you for sporting director well cool. he can't afford you no I was going to say things are bad at Chelsea now <laughs> um, yeah no we're dealing with a serious subject here um, I think first of all let's take salt off the table you know I, I don't think I don't know. Obviously, I haven't spoken. Sound like my wife when uh, my son's trying to add some to his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't spoken to Todd Bowley to get his views on the fallout from his comments, but I don't think he'll care. He may be a little bit, a little bit miffed at, again. Some of the more, some of the anti-American uh, sentiment that seems to have come out. I ranted about that on a previous pod, uh, but I don't think he'll be worried about that. He will be worried about. He will be annoyed about about this situation, um, it is very embarrassing that someone that's been hired has been fired within a few weeks and, and for something that is, is disgusting and, and brings the club negative scrutiny. People will be questioning, how did this happen? Why was this man able to get a job under the, you know, these circumstances? Of course, Chelsea only sort of got, got wind of the situation by the accounts after he was hired. On the plus side, 
they've sent out a massive statement, haven't they? There was only one course of action they could take, but the fact they just dealt with it so swiftly that it, you know they, they've made it very clear that it's totally unacceptable. But um, but yeah, it, it, more than the sporting director, I think that that's a little bit of a, a setback, isn't it? Because you know now they've got to go and find somebody else. They put a lot of work to sort of try and make that work. Of course, he had a connection with Tim Glick as well. But, um, but yeah, he can certainly have no complaints. All right, I think we're about ready to talk some football after that unpleasantness. We'll look ahead to the big game in the WSL next. Hello, I'm Lindsay Hooper, host of the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. After the euphoria of the Euros in the summer, the WSL is back with some massive shocks already. This weekend, there's some mouth-watering ties with a record crowd expected for the North London Derby at the Emirates. And it's Derby Day on Merseyside too. Plus, there's a titanic tussle in South London as Chelsea and Manchester City go head-to-head, both looking for their first points of the season. For all the insight and opinion you need, join me and our stat panel of experts this week and every week on the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. Listen for free and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So it's Chelsea versus Manchester City at Kings Meadow on Sunday. The two biggest rivals, you might say, in the WSL over the last few years. Maybe Arsenal have crept up and taken City's place now. Uh, both sides lost their season openers last week. Sam, on Monday we said that maybe this would be a good time for Chelsea to play City. They've got a fearsome front three of Bunny Shaw, Chloe Kelly and Lauren Hemp. But at the back, my goodness me, they look get atable, if I may use uh, a made-up word. <laughs> Yeah, similarly to last season where they were really slow starters. And I think, yeah, they can take uh, encouragement from the way that Aston Villa closed from the front and scored two of their goals. Uh, I think Rachel Daly was obviously pivotal in that. So Chelsea will have to take a lead in that department. And it'd be interesting for Emma Hayes, the, the setup of her side. I think she was... She didn't make anything of the injury to Harder in the warm-up, but that would have had a, a big impact with Ingle coming in. And I think Liverpool identified that as an area that they could get a bit of joy. So, yeah, interesting to see the, the lineup. but I would echo what was said on Monday's podcast. Probably a good time to play City with all the players having departed in, uh, in the summer. A couple of early season defeats and we know that Chelsea like to lose on opening day. It's not going to be much margin for error. So need to try and take care of business here because you look at the way Arsenal started the other day against Brighton and some of the other performances. This is going to be a really tough title race this season with probably more than two teams involved, I would suggest. You mentioned about the starters there. Only Kadisha Buchanan of the of the new faces was in from the off. Perisay Kankovic and Ritten Kanyarid uh, came off the bench. If you, as a new signing at a new club, which you've been on many occasions, would you rather just be straight into it from the off or do you like sort of a, a soft launch into your new career? No, you want to be into it, I, I would say. Um, I saw the penultimate pre-season game against Tottenham in its entirety and there was no one really jumping out, um, screaming that they should be in the, the starting lineup. Um, if truth be told, um, Lauren James was the one who looked to be starting this season with a little bit of verve, uh, probably uh, better fitness levels. And she was obviously straight into the side at the um, the weekend, Buchanan aside. So, no, I don't think there's anyone really knocking on the door as such. So it, it's probably going to be kind of drip-fed 
um, you know, the new recruits into the lineup over the next few weeks. But that said, having lost on opening day, maybe Emma Hayes' hand will be forced somewhat. Simon, we mentioned on Monday Chelsea tend to be better at getting up for these type of games. You'd expect a response after last week, but when it's against a rival you've got this kind of storied rivalry with for, for the last few years, that, that ought to add some, some extra motivation should Chelsea need it. Yeah, it's the perfect, in a way it's a perfect fixture, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure they, they would have been hungry for the next game to come along as soon as possible anyway, because that would have stung, that would have hurt that the second consecutive season they got off to a, a losing start. Um, in fact, actually, isn't their record worse than that? Something like one win in the last five seasons on the opening day or something. I, I think I heard the stat the other day. But Man City, yeah, they they lost to them, didn't they, in the, one of the cup finals? Lost in the Conti Cup final, yeah. beat them in the FA Cup final, won both league meetings, including 4-0 away last season. There you go. Is that one of the quiz questions? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, but I think we everyone's going to be looking forward to this game, aren't they? Because both teams need to bounce back um, and, and show something. But, yeah, it, it was disappointing. And the thing is, have we now sort of set, set up a bit of a Chelsea-Liverpool? We've got a rivalry in the men's game, but, you know, is that, that, that defeat's going to start. You could tell, by the way, Emma Hayes was talking afterwards that that, stuck in the throat a little bit. She's going, oh, you know, didn't really create a lot. And they, they sort of won a couple of penalties and got the most out of what they did. It was the kind of the tone of, and we couldn't hit a barn door. I'd imagine those comments in the Liverpool dressing room, like, oh, yeah, it's not that, yeah, I'm not taking that defeat. Very so, excellent. I'd love it if Chelsea-Liverpool gets uh, as, as as fruity as uh, the men's, men's rivalry does already exist. Do you know what, Simon? I was I was thinking the same because I don't know if it's because the the added coverage, but Matt Beard's interview afterwards, I thought quite interesting pointing out Chelsea's deficiencies, considering mm. how how strong they've been in saying, "Oh, we watched the goals from last season; they're susceptible to a counter attack and to balls put into the box." Not sure that'll go down too well. So that'll be interesting when the the game comes around again, and also for this weekend. You know, if teams are thinking that. Chelsea have got an Achilles heel. Yeah, that I'm, I'm sure Emma will, you know, be be well aware of um, putting that right this weekend and making sure that doesn't become a, a common theme. Mm. Well, Sunday's game will be a spicy one too. It's a four o'clock kickoff at Kings Meadow. We've got Jesse Parker Humphreys with us on Monday to help us break down Chelsea's three-one win. Uh, next today, we're going to do a bumper quiz. <laughs> Right, it's the quiz mega edition. Um, I've done, what have we got here? One, two, three, four, five rounds with two questions each. I hope it's on the internationals. I've written down every single game featuring a Chelsea player just here on my pad. Uh, that was a bit of a waste, but <laughs> there are really. different things. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> look at his face, just look at his face. Um, <laughs> producer Lucy, I think quite rightly realises that I'm not very good at adding up and keeping score, so she's going to um, handle the scores. There's Lucy this. adjudicator now. Yeah, she will, she will tell you who's the winner at the end of the game. So here we go, round one. I've given them all catchy names, the rounds. Squad number goals. <laughs> oh, right, this no. is per transfer marked. Going to need to set a timer for this one. I swear. <laughs> Simon, you're up first. Yeah. You can't swear. In 30 seconds, 
Name as many as you can of the players who have had the squad number two for Chelsea since squad numbers became a thing in 93-94. There are seven to get. Your 30 seconds start now. Rudiger. Correct. <laughs> got one. Hey. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even got get one here. That's ridiculous. Ten seconds you. gone. Uh, oh, that adds to the adds to the pressure, doesn't it? Can I have a five-second stand on the end of this? <laughs> Possibly. Come on, Simon. Ten seconds. Aspie. No. no. Uh, Three seconds. Was. Jeremy. No. That's it. Three <laughs> seconds. <laughs> you <laughs> got one. Um, I don't know how we're doing this Sam, in terms got of points. Six. But <laughs> Sam, you can't. You don't get any points no. for stealing here. But if you know any, then no. Ivanovic, uh, Steve Clark written down. Ivanovic, yeah. Ivanovic is one. Steve Clark is one as well. Oh. Very good. Yeah, yeah. You could also. Sorry, add... I throw, the time pressure just adds to the <laughs> the brain freeze. Uh, you could also have had uh, Glenn Johnson, Christian Panucci, Dan Petrescu, and Darren Barnard. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that was a bad oh, there to be taken. That is right, a curveball considering he's a left back. That oh, is a terrible start. I feel like the England, uh, Chelsea women's team. I've got off the shocking start. One out of seven. I'm glad I don't have to work out how that is going to equate to an actual score. I'll leave that up to Lucy. <laughs> Let's do some maths. Okay, Sam. Your first question is along a similar theme. In 30 seconds, name as many as you can of the players who've had the squad number seven for Chelsea since squad numbers became a thing in 93-94. There are 13 of them. Your 30 seconds starts now. Why is he? He's 11, no. isn't he? Um, Jeremy? It's a great effort. It's not right. Graham Stewart? No. Gavin Peacock? David Rocastle? No. <laughs> I mean, oh. You haven't even got the current incumbent. Uh, Oscar. No. Number seven now. Six uh, seconds. Uh, Ziesh Pulisic. No. No. Seven. 30, 30 seconds. Gone. Simon, you feel a bit no. better. Can you name any of them? Deschamps. Deschamps is one, yeah. Deschamps? Where's he got that from? <laughs> I don't know. Just I give me three, think, Matt. Just give me three and let me reel off a load se- of left-backs. The, the scary thing is I can't think of the current number seven. No, I can't either. The current number seven is N'Golo Kante. <laughs> <laughs> you could also have had Ramirez, Andrei Shevchenko, Manish, Adrian Mutu, Scott Parker, Winston Bogard, Didier Deschamps, Bjarni Goldbeck, Brian Laudrup, Luca Percassi. Oh, Sam, um, come on. Bernard Lambord and John Spencer. Yeah, I know all these guys, but... Some people are interested in squad numbers more than others. Yeah, I, I, won't be able to I just tell can't you. believe anything. I won't be able to tell you anyone's number. Conte's a disgrace. Shevchenko's an obvious one. Ramirez. I think we just leave now. Other just, than that, just... yeah. Next round. I don't okay. think we should get any... I think we should both fail. The, I think this should be like, you know, null and void. Listen, we've barely got started yet. There's a long way to I go. I know, so... but it's such a poor performance. Simon, here's your second question. In round one, squad number goals. Who was the first player to wear the cursed number nine shirt for Chelsea in the Premier League? Can we steal um, this, yeah? I'm gonna uh, yes. try I'm gonna try Nick Harford. Incorrect, and I reckon that's what Sam was gonna say as well. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um 
Cascarino. Cascarino is right for the well steal. Done. Very good. <laughs> like the celebration. Uh, okay, Sam, here's your second question. This is the final question of round one. Which of these former Chelsea number nines scored the most goals for the club? Chris Sutton, Franco Di Santo, Steve Sidwell, Khalid Boularus, or Radamel Falcao? That's a great question. Well, Sutton got Thanks. two. One against Man United and one against someone in the FA Cup up north. Amazing. When you get a steal, it really ups your confidence, doesn't it? And you feel you could just show you're working on air. I love it. Sidwell, but, uh, no idea, but I'll go for... Uh, who was the other one? It was DeSanto, yeah? Chris Sutton, Franco DeSanto, Steve Sidwell, mm. Caleb Bularus, Radamel Falcao. I can't remember any of them scoring the defender guys. Uh, I'll go for Bularus for a crack. Extraordinary. Uh, no, it's not right. Simon, would you like to steal it? I thought Falcao was too obvious, but Simon, get the tap. I'm going to go... I don't remember any of them scoring any goals, so I'm going to go Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton is correct. And Sam, <laughs> he did the working. He was the only well, one to yeah. score Sutton, more than Sutton, one. I thought, I thought two would probably be beaten. <laughs> no, Sutton got three. Did he? So that's that, that goal may have made all the difference. Well, he got Falcao, two in my Falcao working, got yeah. one. No, he Falcao got, got one. Uh, Billaris didn't get any. Sidwell got one. DeSanto didn't get any. Yeah, uh, Sutton so definitely got three. One. United, Holloway. Hull City, that was it, yeah. And, and a Champions League qualifier. Okay. I right. remember well, anyway, it well. You got because, the point. Because, um, yeah, Chris why scored. wouldn't you? For 10 yeah, million quid, yeah. three goals. Brilliant. Bless him. Uh, round two is called Country Boys. Um, this is about international stuff. So, your prep might come in handy here, Sam. Simon, you're up first. Who has I more England caps? <laughs> okay. These are these are a little bit easy, these ones. Who has more England caps, Simon? Ben Chilwell or Rhys James? Rhys James. <sighs> it's incorrect, I'm afraid. Can't pass that over because you knock it in, Sam. Uh, Chilwell has 17. Rhys James has 13. Sam. Hakim Ziyech has joined up with the Morocco squad, having reversed his decision to retire from international football. Which QPR man is one of his international teammates? Ilias Chair. You're always going to get that, weren't you? That's, um, that's the easiest question in the quiz for you. Yeah, uh, Simon, second question in this section. In what year did Thiago Silva win the Copa America with Brazil? 2019. Oh, that's brilliant. I, I don't think we'll top that straight away. I don't know how you've got that. And this is where you went at the end of the pod and I say, what are you working on? The inside story of Thiago Silva <laughs> yeah. helping Brazil to the 2019 Copa America. Uh, that was really impressive. Uh, Sam, second question in this round two country boys. Who scored more goals for Germany, Kai Havertz or Timo Werner? Werner. Yes, by a long way. Would you like to guess how many he scored? Surprised me. 18. 24, he's got. Uh, Havertz, just the eight. Okay, well done. Lucy's keeping score, um, hopefully. Round three is called CFCW AOK. <laughs> Simon, you're up first. This is the last squad number question of the quiz. <laughs> 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 what is Frank Kirby's squad number? 11. Want to pinch it, Sam? Not sure I know it. I watched extended highlights of the Liverpool game this morning. 14. Oh, I would have had a go. Oh, sorry. No, I wouldn't have got it. Yeah. Uh, Sam, which country does Guru Wrighton play for? 
best player. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! This, this is so lame. <sighs> Guru Wrighton. She Norwegian. Norwegian is absolutely correct. Oh, well done. Uh, last well question in this up. round then to you, Simon. Oh. Sam Kerr won the W... Last question for you in this round, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Sam Kerr won the WSL Golden Boot last season. How many goals did she score to claim it? <sighs> 21. Sam? I think he's close. Uh, 22 I had. Ooh, 20 was the answer, I'm afraid. Oh! Uh, Sam, here's your last question in this round. So Kerr was Chelsea's top scorer in the WSL, but who was second highest scorer for the Blues in the league last season? Harder. Yeah, they they get harder as it goes on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Simon, there's a, a steal opportunity for you here. Birds, can you tell me? <laughs> I'm talking about the birds and the trees outside. Yeah. Hasten to add. Uh, Beth England. Absolutely correct. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Thank you, four. birds. You needed that. <laughs> I did. Uh, I think that's 4-3 in, in, in roughly in my head. That you're right. Lucy score, Simon. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the scores at the end. Round four is called Career Paths. Simon, complete the missing club from this list of teams oh, that no. Dennis Zakaria has played for. Oh, forget it. Savet, Young Boys, Blank, Juventus, Chelsea. So who did he join Juventus from? Uh, FC Zurich. You want to steal it, Sam? Burn. Sick burn from me with this question because neither of you got it right. Borussia Mönchengladbach was the answer, obviously, that we were looking for. Uh, Sam, which EFL club did Trevor Chalaber spend the 2018-19 season on loan? It's one of two. Oh. It's going to be the wrong one, isn't it? I'll go for... Ipswich. Spot on. Damn. Simon, from which club did Chelsea sign Kappa from? Athletic Bilbao. Oh, didn't even need to think. Just a swig of the water and away we go. (laughs) You think it's water? (laughs) Sam, complete the missing club from this list of teams that Cesar Azpilicueta has played for. Osasuna, blank, Chelsea. So essentially, where did Chelsea sign Cesar Azpilicueta from? I looked this up the other the other day because I I didn't I, I didn't recall. Oh. something saying that to me. I think he might have gone to another country, but I can't think where. And for some reason, Real Betis. Want to steal it, Simon? Oh, I was like. That's Don't horrible. do this to me again, oh, Sam. It's Marseille. Yeah, Marseille is correct. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It did go to another country. I knew that. 
Listener, I hope you're enjoying this. <laughs> I looked it up because just weirdly, I thought, I have no idea where they got that, him from. That was the like other day. Yeah. just yeah. for half time. That would yeah. be a good quiz question. Um, yeah. We were slightly concerned that we wouldn't be able to spin out a whole podcast twice on International Week, but this uh, quiz has certainly helped with that. Uh, round five is called Shout Out to My Ex. Simon, you're up first. Which former Chelsea goalkeeper has had loan spells at AC Milan, Carabag, and the towns of Yeovil and Macclesfield? Say again. Which former Chelsea goalkeeper has had loan spells at AC Milan, Carabag, and the towns of Yeovil and Macclesfield? Extraordinary career path. <sighs> Strange breed, aren't they, the goalie? Hmm. Trying to think of a. I'm struggling with this one. Would you like to pass it over to Sam? Yeah, go on. I can't think of. I'm not even a guess. Not got a clue. I haven't got a clue. I'd no. Well, yeah, the the clues are part of the question. Uh, Jamal Blackman. It's not right. I'm afraid it is. Azmir Begovic. Oh, AC Milan should have had that. <sighs> Azmir Begovic. It's Karabag that really threw me. Well, this say. is it. His career path. So he was born in Bosnia, right? And moved to Canada as a child. Played under 20 football for Canada. Then international football for Bosnia. Started at Portsmouth. Loan at Le Louvre. Then loan at Macclesfield, Bournemouth, Yeovil, Ipswich. Signed for Stoke. Signed for Chelsea. Moved to Bournemouth. Loans from Bournemouth to Carabag and AC Milan. And now at Everton. Utterly yeah. bizarre. Carabag, uh, but still. yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have got... I was sort of thinking... Sort of, some kind of talented youth random goalkeeper. But yeah, it just didn't make sense. Anyway. Be a good autobiography. Sam, your first question in this round. Where is Nemanja Matic currently plying his trade? Simon Best part of my week, this. Simon will definitely know that, but I haven't got a clue. Uh, he went to United for years. Everyone's at Nice, aren't they? Nice. It's Nice, but it's not right. Uh, Simon, <laughs> can you steal it? Can, can I do it in a in a song? Uh, yes. Just as the manager, you know. Jose Mourinho. Uh, Roma. Yeah. I apologise to that's everyone wor- that was listening to that. That was. <laughs> that's my worst answer of the day. That. Yeah, that's um, that's your easiest question as well. Yeah, Simon, no, I I still think us not getting the fact that Conte wears numbers. <laughs> I, I'm afraid we could, there's no comeback from that. Well, you've been against Ngolo Conte from the start of this podcast. One to eleven. That's no, but I'm you can imagine the listeners just going, <laughs> "These two are just clowns." <laughs> yeah, they might extend that to me as well, Simon. If you get this, I'll give you the money myself. At which Turkish club is Bertrand Traore currently at loan on from Aston Villa? Which Turkish club is Bertrand Traore, formerly of Chelsea, currently at loan? Honestly, if I on could, loan at from Aston if Bay. I could actually say what I wanted to say about you right now, Matt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the, I know the one is it Bas Baskishir or whatever it's called. That's a whiffy pronunciation, but I'm going to give it you anyway because mm-hmm. that is right, Istanbul Basaksehir. <laughs> <Yeah. are. laughs> <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Um, 
This could be a good way to end the quiz. I'm, I'm coming the very back last from the Conte fiasco. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> your knowledge is strange, if um, somewhat in-depth. Last question of the quiz then, Sam. You'll shortly be out of your misery. Oh. Which former Chelsea youth team goalkeeper's last three clubs have been LAFC, Huddersfield and your former side, Exeter City? Jamal Blackman again. Hey, he was going to come up at some point, wasn't he? <laughs> Easy as you like. Right, let's hand you over to producer Lucy, who can reveal Whoa. the victor of this mega quiz. I think I need it. I don't know quite how this works out because of the steals, but Simon has seven and a seventh, and Sam has six. Oh, well done, Simon. You're the winner today. Sorry, Sam. I, came, no, I was I training recount. by two at one point, I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's the Angola Kante thing that's going to stick with everybody. I, 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 that's the thing. I feel like I still lost. To be honest, I don't, I'm not. I'm not celebrating that. Well. I couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so we're talking bad. about who definitely iconic. does. I say Graham Stewart. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm going to blame. <laughs> I'm going to blame the fact he's been injured for a bit. That, that's my only excuse. It's not even a good one. All right. Well, I didn't mention the number twenty-two. If I had, you would have got William Simon. Because I'm pretty sure that's what he used to wear. Mm-hmm. You've met him. Yeah. It's out now. He's a British citizen. Tell us a bit more about your chat with him. Well, that, that was the thing. It, it was more than a chat. It was like, a you know, I spent about an hour. There was I could have spent a lot longer. I mean, there's so much to talk to him uh, about. And funnily enough, Chelsea, uh, it's probably the wrong thing to say on the Chelsea podcast. Chelsea, I wanted to go into a lot more about, but I had to talk about why, why he walked away from the Arsenal deal um, and he was sort of saying, oh, people said, you're crazy, you're crazy. I, I sort of said to him, oh, how long did you have to talk to your wife for? Because you know, walking away from all that money and, and he's going, yeah, it was a long, long conversation. But, you know, from from obviously uh, the, the delight, to, to, to put it on a Chelsea reference, the delight when I brought up, I know it had been asked so many times before, but the delight in his voice when he asked him to talk about the man of his move, it was, <laughs> and he I said, oh, you, you know, have you heard, have you been hearing the song again? He goes, what song? With a bit of a cheeky <laughs> wink, you know. He absolutely loves, he loves that story. He he loves the, he loves what he did. And I sort of said, you no regrets. And he goes, no regrets. So the fact that the call came whilst he was at the Tottenham training ground, I said, I said to him, so what did you do? You know, because you, you're there to sign the contract with Spurs. What, what do you say to the people? Oh, excuse me, he just got to nip out for a minute. I mean, what do you say? And he said, oh, you know, oh, the agent, the agent sorted that out. And then we got in a car and we were out of there. Clearly has has really special memories uh, about Chelsea. And of course, the, the difficulty is he's going to have to play against. He didn't seem to know, by the way, about the rivalry between Fulham and Chelsea from Fulham's perspective. He was confused. He, I think he thought I meant Chelsea. Chelsea, he'd go, Chelsea rivals are Arsenal, Tottenham. Is that? No, no, I'm talking about Fulham. Fulham can't stand Chelsea. And I think that took him by surprise. But he said, and that's when he came up with the anecdote about, oh, don't worry if I score, you know, I'll be doing my utmost against them. I won't celebrate if I score, but I will be doing my utmost uh, against Chelsea because um, obviously he wants to repay Fulham. But he sounds very excited about his Fulham, uh, being back in the Premier League, the getting away from the what sounded like quite a scary situation in Brazil. Um, of course, his move to Corinthians didn't work out. But it's a very long, in-depth read. I'm, I'm, the fact I'm waffling on so long in answer to your 
to your question kind of intimates that. Um, but he's a lovely guy. It's the longest I've ever spoke to him for because uh, in mix zones, etc., he, he would he would stop for a few minutes, but you could tell he wasn't that keen. But in in this relaxed you know atmosphere and company, was sat sat around the table. He he was uh, a delight to to talk to. And I also the last thing I'll say about him was um, he hasn't aged. And I said to him, I said. I said, what's your secret? I said, could you pass on some tips? <laughs> and then I quickly replied to myself, I went, actually, it's too late for me. And he laughed a bit too heartily as if <laughs> he totally agreed. Um, which, yeah, I think we were both right, actually. Um, Sam, did you ever come close to doing a William? Were you ever at one training ground, pen in hand, and then got a phone call to go somewhere else? Well, yeah. Um, I got up to Ipswich and I was supposed to be going to Norwich on the same day. And I had a I had a nosebleed, getting too far away from London. <laughs> so it was enough. After I'd met Joe Royal, I signed that afternoon, and then I had to ring Nigel Worthington the next day. Oh my goodness, one of the worst phone calls. And uh, I had to ring Ad Boothroyd at Watford as well, and say I was signing for Ipswich. But it was something that I felt was the right thing to do, and I kind of did that throughout my career. I remember one particularly difficult one to Paul Simpson a couple of years later. I think his wife answered the phone and yeah, you just want to get off quickly, but it is the right thing to do, I suppose. Um, just to add to the William Lovin, I think I filled in for you, Matt, one day, not commentating, but or it might have been for Lee Parker uh, quite soon after I retired. Uh, the Chelsea Away game at Stoke. Stoke. Yeah, mm. yeah, the big one. Gary Cahill scored, didn't he? And he was my interviewee, William. Um, what a guy. Couldn't have been nicer. Just kind of, I know he was particularly nice to the Chelsea TV guys. Is that right, Matt? I think yeah. that you know he was happy to give his time, but I mean, that was quite a scary proposition for me just out of the game, um, standing in a, a tunnel after that game, and him and Conte were absolutely brilliant. Lovely looking fella as well, William. I always thought tremendous hair. Yeah, which obviously appeals to me. <laughs> I also, and I can't talk about the answer, but I did talk to him about Antonio Conte and certain pictures that may have been posted on his social media account but I won't I won't divulge what he said but it was a yeah he's got a very cheeky sense of humour and uh, so that appealed to me as well in retrospect we should have done a William quiz but you probably just got all <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh, coming that. back to that the uh, the Copper America answer uh, that's why I knew because William uh, in my research. Doesn't count really then, does it? Knocking yeah. knock one off loose. <laughs> I still won by a seventh then. <laughs> uh, so that's up now. Do go and read it. It's really good. Uh, you can also read Liam's piece on Callum Hudson-Odoi's Fast Start to Life at Leverkusen. Sam, you've written a big list of which um, which Chelsea players are, are in international <laughs> duty this weekend. Who, who are you looking forward to, to seeing the most? Or, or if you don't want to answer that, what are you doing this weekend? That's tremendous. You you didn't even know and you've teed me up beautifully. I am going to be commentating on Israel against Albania. Ooh. Broya. And then uh, Albania against Iceland following Tuesday. So there you go. I'll be able to give you thorough, insightful critique of the young man's performances. Over Where the can we watch break. that? Uh, World Feed. World Feed. Um, so... UEFA.com probably have the highlights, won't they? I would imagine yeah. next week. Yeah, we've got lots of international listeners too, I'm sure. Yeah, there you go. You there you go. That will be the best covered game, I, I would suggest. 
<laughs> well, just hope they don't ask you any quiz questions. Uh, athletic.com slash Chelsea pod, the place to go to sign up. If you aren't currently a subscriber, it'll only cost you a pound a month for the first six months. That'll do it for today, though. Monday, we'll be looking back on that big WSL game. We'll report on what's happened in the internationals involving Chelsea players, too. Do join us for that if you can. For now, though, many thanks to Simon, to Sam and to Lucy and to you, listener. We'll catch up with you on Monday. See you soon. The Athletic.